Hello there, and welcome to the exciting world of HIP. This is a new departure in language instruction. For English-speaking people who want to talk to and be understood by jazz musicians, hipsters, beatniks, juvenile delinquents, and the criminal friends. Bonjour, madame. Bonjour, monsieur. Nous allons, grâce à ce disque créé spécialement pour vous, essayer de tirer ensemble le maximum de qualité sonore de votre chaîne haute fidélité. Sit back, relax, and close your eyes.
Spring 1981. I was living in an apartment in Arlington, Virginia, which is right over the D.C. line. I walked to work every day, which was an ice cream store at the time. I was the store manager, and I was there 40 to 60 hours a week. I made the deposit, I hired, I fired, I did the inventory, I did ice cream scooping, the works. I was in a band at the time, nothing much musically speaking, just four of us with fucked up equipment, but we had fun playing and practicing. A guy named Mitch Parker gave my friend Ian Mackay and I a copy of Black Flag's Nervous Breakdown EP. We played it all the time. For me, the record's cover said it all. It was a man bearing his fists with his back to a wall. In front of him, another man fending him off with a chair. I felt like that guy with his fists up every day of my life. Black Flag soon became my favorite band. Stories of their shows in Los Angeles were legend by the time they reached the East Coast. They had their own record company called SST. They took no shit. Ian called SST and talked to Black Flag's bass player Chuck Dukowski. Chuck told Ian about the tour coming up and gave him the dates for the East Coast. Black Flag had dates booked for New York and D.C. We were going to go get to see the mighty Black Flag. A group of us went up to New York City to see the band play because we couldn't wait to see them in D.C. and we figured the more we saw them, the better. So we drove up to New York City and saw them at the Peppermint Lounge. I will never forget when they walked out on stage, how excited I was. Chuck Dukowski was out there walking in circles, pounding his bass and making all this fucked up noise and screaming at the crowd. They hadn't even started playing yet and it was already a trip. I think they opened with the song, I've Heard It Before. The place exploded. All the songs were abrupt and crushing. Short bursts of unbelievable intensity. I never saw anyone play like that before. It was like they were trying to break themselves into pieces with the music. It was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. There was not a second wasted on stage. The songs were devoid of filler. The urgency of the music and the playing was unsettling. It made me wonder what planet they came from. I wanted to move there immediately. After this show, we hung out with the band for a little while, and they were really cool to us. It meant a lot. I respected and liked them. A few days later, they came down to D.C. to play at the 930 Club. Again, they were good, and the place went off when they played. I liked the D.C. show better because they played two sets and I got to hear all the songs. They stayed at Ian's house after the show and they left the next morning. I remember watching their van pull away up the street and wanting to be in it. It was amazing to me how they pulled in, played, hung out with all the locals and then took off to the next adventure. I had to hurry up to get to work. As I walked down the hill towards a long night at the workplace, I started getting depressed. Black Flag was a bunch of guys who were out there winging it and trying to do something with their lives. They had no fixed income and they lived like dogs, but they were living life a lot more fully than I was by a long shot. I had a steady income and an apartment and money in the bank, but I also had a job where I got yelled at when things didn't go right. I had to be there all the time. I saw the same streets and the same people every day. My job took over a lot of my waking hours. After I hung out with the flag guys, I saw that there was a lot more out there to be seen and done, and I didn't think I was ever going to do any of it. That night at work, everything in my life felt meaningless. I knew that somehow I was blowing it. I had a low-level panic attack. I got a glimpse of something that made it impossible to bullshit myself any longer. I wished it didn't open my eyes so much and make me see so clearly. 
I saw my life stretching out in front of me. Same town, same people, same everything. It felt as if I was getting tied down and beaten by life. They had guts. The way they were living went against all the things I had been raised to believe in were right. If I had listened to my father, I would have joined the Navy, served and gone into the straight world without a whimper. I'm not putting that down, but it's not the life for everyone. Chuck Dukowski had given me a demo tape of unreleased Black Flag music. Every morning before I would go into work, I would play that tape. Damaged One, Police Story, No More, and their version of Louie Louie. I loved and hated that tape. I loved it because the tunes were great and the words said what I was feeling. I hated it because I wanted to be the singer. Des Kadena, who was the singer at the time, was great, but still I could imagine myself up there doing it. Black Flag came east again in June. They played in New York on June 27th at the Irving Plaza. The Bad Brains and UXA played as well. There's no shows booked in D.C., so I went up to see them. I got up there pretty early and met up with Chuck and Greg. I hung out most of the afternoon with them. That night, they were great. After the show, the band went down the street to 7A, a small club, to play for free. I went along. The sun was coming up and I had to be at work in six hours. I had a five-hour drive, time to leave. I went up to the stage and asked them to play a song called Clocked In to send me on my way. Des said, this is called Clocked In. It's for Hank because he's got to go to work now. The band laid into the song. I got on stage and took the microphone and sang. I don't know what compelled me to do that. Sure was fun and Des didn't seem to mind. I left the club to drive home. I went right into work with no sleep. I didn't need it. I was still pumped from singing with Black Flag. The fact that I'd been on stage and had a taste of what it was like to be in the band was good enough for me. Days later, I'm working at the store and I get a call. It's Des. The band is still up in New York taking a few days off and they want to know if I want to come up there and jam. I don't understand what they mean, but it's the flag talking, so I hop to it. I went back to my apartment and called Ian and explained that I thought I was being asked to audition for Black Flag. After that, my roommate came in and asked what was going on, and I told him that I had to go to New York because I might be asked to join Black Flag. He thought I was talking some shit. It sure sounded like a load. I walked all the way to the train station because I didn't feel like getting a cab. It was a long walk and it was a good chance to think about the whole thing. I thought it best not to get my hopes up. I got on an early train and fell asleep. The next morning we all meet at Odessa's, a restaurant down in the East Village, and I ask him what the deal is. Greg tells me that Des wants to play guitar, and they're looking for a singer since Des is moving over to rhythm, but I want to try out. I hardly knew how to answer. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. We went to Mikasa rehearsal studios and set up. All of a sudden, I'm standing there in front of them with a mic in my hand. Greg asked me what song I wanted to play first. I thought I must be dreaming. For a second, I didn't think I was there at all. I told him, police story. It was like I dropped a coin into some kind of video game. The entire band kind of reared back and lurched forward, and I heard the classic Gin feedback, and all of a sudden, we were into the song. We played all their material. What words I knew, I sang. The ones I didn't, I made up. We did two sets. At the end, we all kind of looked at each other. The band went out and back to talk it over, and I sat on the floor of the practice room and waited it out. They came back in, and Chuck said, Well? I said, Well, what? He said, Are you going to join or not? I was in. That's pretty much how I joined Black Flag. I took the train back to D.C. and spent the trip looking over the lyrics that the band had given me to start learning. It was all the material that would later comprise the damaged album. Padded Cell, Damage 2, Room 13, all of it. It was heavy stuff. 
I became so absorbed I barely noticed when we hit D.C. A couple of days later, I packed up, quit my job, sold my car, sublet my apartment, and left Washington. I had no idea what was going to happen, but this is what I wanted, so off I went. It was great telling my boss that I was quitting. He offered me more money. I told him it wasn't a money issue. I told him I was off to do this thing, and I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I had to go for it. He told me it was a crazy idea and I should get back to work. He laid into me hard, and it got to me a little. Luckily for me, Ian Mackay was really behind me and told me he knew this was going to be great and to go for it. I respected everything he said and I still do to this day. He gave me the extra shove out the door that I needed. For me, it was the chance to live. I left my hometown like a guy making a jailbreak. Ian took me to the Greyhound station and wished me good luck. I caught up with Black Flag in Detroit. Des wanted to finish the tour on vocals and there was no way I was ready. I worked the stage and sometimes did the encores. Soundcheck was used to teach me the songs and to come up with rhythm guitar parts for Des to play. I think we played Chicago, Minneapolis, and Salt Lake City before we hit L.A. The Chicago show was intense. The effigies opened and they were great. Flag went on next. A few songs into the set, a girl was getting roughed up by one of the bouncers. The guys in this place were really out of line. Chuck knocked the guy in the head with the end of his bass. The guy starts bleeding. He gets taken to the hospital to get stitches. After the show, we're packing the gear out and we can't find some of the drums. The drums are big, so it's not as if they got misplaced. We knew something was up. One of the shithead bouncers came out and asked us if we wanted the drums back. Mugger and I went into the manager's office and the kick drum is sitting on a desk. The guy who ran the place was sitting there, surrounded by bouncers, and he started giving us shit about what fuck-ups we were and all this other bullshit. I have no idea how we managed to get the gear out of there and not get our asses kicked, but we did. We found out later that the club owner called ahead of our other shows and told them that we were bad people and to not pay us. This was a normal thing back in those days. The show in Salt Lake was interesting. I met a kid who was cuffed to the handle of a police car outside the gig. He was there early to catch sound check, and the cop busted him drinking a beer in the parking lot. I hung out with a guy and gave him some water. It was strange to be talking to this guy who was standing in the sun tied to a car. I guess the pig figured he was teaching him a lesson. That taught me plenty. We got to L.A. days later and we had nowhere to stay. The old SST had been shut down by the cops. Black Flag was told to leave Torrance, California, or else. Eventually, we found a space to live on on Santa Monica Boulevard. It was an office space above the studio where we later recorded the damaged album. We all slept on the floor. We got a practice space in the same building and could get more space for sleep. On several nights, you could look out the window to the parking lot and see an unmarked police car. They were watching us. I remember that really scaring me. One morning we came out and all the doors of the van were open and nothing was missing. I wondered if it was the pigs fucking with us. It was at this time that it became my understanding that the police were fucked. At one point a woman in the neighborhood called the police and told them that one of us had tried to rob her with a shotgun. That's all we needed. I was learning a lot of things fast. Everything was different. Just a few weeks before I was working a straight job and money and food weren't a problem. Now the next meal was not always a thing you could count on. Money was hard to come by. It was a lot to get used to, but it was great. At that point, I didn't really feel fully integrated into the band. At times, I felt like I was a visitor. The way we were living was foreign to me. Slowly, I came to realize that this was it, and there's no place I'd rather be. As much as it all sucked for all of us to be living on the floor on top of each other, it was still better than the job I had left in D.C. In the next five years, I was to learn what hard work was all about. Black Flag and SST was on a work ethic that I had never before experienced and have never seen since. 
Greg, Chuck, and the faithful roadie Mugger were the hardest working people I have ever seen. They went into whatever it was we had to do without questioning the time it took, the lack of sleep, or food. They just went for it. No one had time for anyone else's complaining. If you ever made a noise about it, Mugger would just start laughing in your face and tell you that this wasn't Van Halen. The following is what I remember from the tour dates around this time. Huntington Beach, California, August 1981, The Cuckoo's Nest. After all the weeks of practice, I felt ready to play. It was interesting to hang out in the club and walk amongst the audience. None of them knew what the new singer in the band looked like yet. Later on, a few girls had found out that I was that guy and started talking to me. This was a new experience. I was not used to women even giving me the time of day. Eventually, the conversation came to the bottom line of what they really wanted. Guest list for their friends stranded outside. After the opening bands played, we hit stage like a bomb. All these crazy motherfuckers were up front yelling at me that I'd better be good or they were going to kick my ass. I think we opened with revenge, and the place exploded. It was that kind of music. Greg and Chuck had created the ultimate soundtrack for a full-scale riot. This era of the band was like nothing before or since. No band made people react like that. I had seen the circle jerks make some people lose their shit, but not like the flag. Every song was the most direct line to what the fuck it was all about. In my opinion, the finest Black Flag record released is the first four years compilation. It's all the singles and compilation cuts that the band made before I joined. The record spans three singers that came before me. It's 34 minutes, and it's about three full-length albums worth of anyone else's music. It is the densest batch of jams I have ever heard on one record besides the Funhouse album by the Stooges. When you put it up against what's out there today, it's hilarious. These bands would have been eaten alive at a Black Flag show. Music is mellowed out to the point where most of it just doesn't interest me anymore. And I'm not a snob either, I just can't forget what I know. Anyway, the gig was great and the crowd liked me enough that they didn't beat the shit out of me. August 22nd, Boston, Massachusetts. Flew out and played. My first time at a club called The Channel. Didn't sleep and flew right back to L.A. First time I met Mitch Burry, who proved to be one of the longest standing friendships I have sustained. He gets better with age. San Diego, California. This was a great show. Play the first few songs and see this girl trying to grab me. I move away from her. Her boyfriend and his two friends are apparently on angel dust and see this as a great opportunity to drag me off stage and beat the shit out of me. It was funny. I was held down as this guy kept bashing me in the face. I yelled for mugger between fists. Eventually the guy was pulled off me. I finished the set and then went to the men's room to straighten out my nose. I did a pretty good job. It only goes slightly to the right. The best part was the ride to the gig. We were stuck in a traffic jam near San Diego and we'd been cut off by a woman driving this large car. Mugger had had enough of her bullshit and hopped out of the van and dumped his yogurt through her window. Of course we got busted and Greg had to do all the talking. I don't know how we got out of it, but we did. San Diego is a tough town. Yeah. 